You ever get a song stuck in your head? Yeah? Sometimes you ever get a song stuck in your head that you wish wasn't in your head? Uh, that one that, you know, you happen to hear on a commercial or, or television comes across or just the radio happens, and then all day long, that's all you can think of. Uh, I've had some of those that weren't so bad, and then I've had some of them, like, I had to, like, start pinching myself every time I started singing it because I didn't want to be singing that song for the rest of the day. I want to share with you a passage of Scripture this morning that is one of those songs uh, that King David sang. And it's been described by several authors of commentaries as one of his favorite songs because it's used several times in the Bible. It's here in Chronicles, but then in the book of Psalms, it's repeated at least three more times in, in its entirety, but portions of it also beyond that. So this is one of those songs I think that David probably sang all the time. And by the way, I love music. I, I like all types of music, but I'll tell you what, nothing can get a hold of your heart like music can. If you get up in the morning and you're having a rough day or you've had a rough week, man, start it out with some good music, some praise and worship music, something that speaks to your heart, something that you can sing the words to. And I especially like the songs where I'm not singing so much to myself, but I'm singing to the Lord. And it just seems like that carries my prayer day, uh, prayer life throughout the day. But this is one of those psalms that just David seemed to sing all the time. And I want to share it with you this morning, and then I want to kind of take one phrase out of that and challenge you with that. So let's look at First Chronicles 16. He says, sing to the Lord all the earth. In fact, are those words on the, on the screen? Let's read those together, okay? Sing to the Lord all the earth. Tell of his salvation from day to day. Declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous works among all the peoples. For great is the Lord and greatly to be praised, and he is to be feared above all gods. For all the gods of the peoples are worthless idols, but the Lord made the heavens. Splendor and majesty are before him, strength and joy are in his place. And I want you to read verse 25 with me again, because that's what I want to talk to you about this morning. Read it together. It is the Lord, and greatly to be praised, and he is to be above all gods. That is a pretty good song to have stuck in your head. Man, if you were to get up in the morning, no matter what you're facing during the day, if you could start your day out by saying, great is the Lord, and greatly to be praised, it'll change your day. If in the midst of whatever trial you're going through, if you could just take a deep calm down and just say, wait a minute, great is the Lord, and greatly to be praised. It'll change your day. It'll change your life. Just praising God. We come in here and we offer our praises to God. We sing songs to Him. We lift our hands to Him. We pray to Him. We preach the Word. We proclaim Him. We shout Amen and Hallelujah. And all of that is for Him, for His glory and for His honor. But you and I must know and must understand that it does do something for our souls too. It is good for us to sing praises to God. It's good for our heart to lift his name up. It's good for us to be reminded of just how great that our God is. And so I want us to look at that idea today. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. In Psalms 96, verses 1 through 5, listen to what the psalmist he said. Psalmist said, oh, sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. And by the way, that new song is pretty important. Some of us had some old songs that we used to sing, right? Do you remember some of the old songs from the olden days that maybe weren't singing about such great of topics? And all of a sudden we come to Christ and we start singing that song and say, wait, what am I singing? I can't believe that. I'm looking at Ray over there, Raymond over there. Raymond loves music like I do. Have you ever, you know, thought of an old song you used to sing and then start singing and said, wow, I never thought it was 
it, it shocks you sometimes. But God gives us a new song. I'm not singing about the old junk. So he says, sing to the Lord this new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord. Bless his name. Tell of his salvation from day to day. Declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous works among all the peoples. For great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. He is to be feared above all gods. For all the gods of the peoples are worthless idols, but the Lord made the heavens. And so there we have it again now in the book of Psalms. He's put in in this song once again. It is, it is stuck in his head. It is part of his soul. It is part of his heart. And he gives us some keys in there on praising God, doesn't he? He tells us in verse 2 to sing to the Lord. And that's part of our praising God is to sing a song to God. And when we come in here, we ought not focus on how good we sing and do I sing bass, do I sing tenor, do I sing this. Just sing to the Lord. Sing to the Lord. Lift His name up. And then He says, bless His name and tell of His salvation from day to day. Part of what we do because God is so great and when we, when we want to praise Him is we tell of His salvation. One of the greatest ways that you and I can praise the Lord is to tell someone else what God has done for us in our lives. Tell us how, tell them how we met him. Tell the, tell the folks that you run into what kind of changes have taken place in your life. Tell them how good God is. And he is a good God, isn't he? He says, declare his glory among all the nations, his marvelous works among all the peoples. Speak of God. Share this thing. And so this morning, I want to talk to you about this, these two ideas. First of all, great is the Lord. God is a great God, isn't he? And, you know, we, we, we know that and we understand that. And, and like Job, maybe we go through some trials and tribulations in this life, but we never lose sight of the fact that our God is a great God. We live in a messed up world, don't we? We live in a world filled with violence, filled with crime, filled with hatred, filled with lust. All of these things fill the world around us, but that is a result of our sin. That is a result of the fallen nature of mankind. But our God is on the throne, and He is still a great God. As I prepared this message, I thought of some of the struggles that we go through, and it's very easy for us in the midst of our struggles to forget that we serve this great God. That we look at some of the terrible things that happen and, and we get focused on those. But if we would instead focus on the serve and how great he is, he is, it'll change our lives. He says, great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. He is greater than, than anything we face in this world below. His greatness is unmatchable. And so I, I want to share with you the greatness of God. And, and the first area that I find in God's greatness, and we could talk about the attributes of God, that he is, you know, all these things. He's all-knowing, all-powerful, all-seeing. But I, first of all and foremost, I think his greatness is just, number one, because he is so high above us. His greatness is, if you will, unsearchable. There's no way to really fathom and understand completely the greatness of God. The Apostle Paul and, and all of his understanding of God and God's word and God's will. The Apostle Paul described it as great as the mystery of godliness. That is how great God is. That we cannot completely, if we could completely understand God, just how great would he be? But his greatness is unsearchable. Listen to Psalms 145, verses 1 through 3. The psalmist says, I will extol you, my God and my King. And bless your name forever. Every day will I bless you and praise your name forever and ever. And then he says, great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. And his greatness is unsearchable. 
We don't understand all that God is, all that God does, but His greatness is there and it is unsearchable. Do I understand why we suffer in all these places around? No, I don't understand that, but I know that God is still great. And in all of this that's going on around us, His greatness is not diminished. Do we understand why we go through personal struggles? Why we deal with health issues? Why we deal with with financial struggles? Do we understand all of these things and why God allows these things to happen? Questions to ask is what's happening to me? And yet in all of this, God's greatness is never diminished. He is still great and He is still powerful and He is still on His throne. And we must trust that all these things work together for good to those who love God and who are called according to His purpose. In other words, that God has this plan that's bigger than what we see. How many of you have ever been on a diet? That terrible four-letter word. I'll tell you, there is nothing good about a diet. Nothing. I can't think of one thing good about a diet except maybe skinny cow ice creams. And just so you know, they're not good when you eat them in dozens. But there's nothing good about a diet except for one thing, and that's the outcome. Right? A diet to me is nothing but torture and torment and suffering and an exercise of resisting temptation. And and I hate it. There have been times when Kathy has said, why don't you just eat something? I'd rather have you fat and happy than skinny and angry all the time. <laughs> Nothing good about it except the outcome. And you know what? There will be times in our life when we go through struggles and we go through trials and we look and we say, this is terrible. This is awful. This is torture. This is torment. I don't understand why I've got to do this and why do I have to go through this. But trust God, the outcome is going to be worth it. That God is doing something in our lives. He's shaping, He's molding us. And at the very least, I mean, the greatest of all is this, is that the outcome ultimately for every one of us is eternity in heaven. Well, there'd be none of this mess that we suffer here below. His greatness is unsearchable. We don't know, we don't understand why things, but we know that God is so great. Don't forget that. When you're going through it, just say, great is the Lord. He is greatly to be praised. Isaiah 55, verses 8 and 9, listen to what God says. He says through His prophet, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. Amen. Aren't you glad for that? How many of you ever made this statement, and I know we make it in jest, good thing I'm not God, right? Because if I was God, there'd be a few burnt spots on the ground around me where I struck people down. And we say, I don't know why God's letting them get away with that. I don't don't know why God's letting that happen. And if we were God, man, everything would be different. But God said, my thoughts are not like yours. My ways are not like yours. And here's what he describes in verse 9. He says, for as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. You know what he's saying? He's saying, my thought processes are great. My ways are great. They are far greater than yours. They are far greater than what you understand and what you know and than what you would work out in your own life. God is saying, my ways are great. They're amazing and they're awesome. God's greatness is unsearchable. The second thing about God's greatness is His greatness is revealed in creation around us. 
It's revealed in creation around. If you ever want to doubt the greatness of God, just take a look at creation. Just look at it. The last several weeks, I've got up in the morning early and sat out on, I've got a little dining room table outside, a little patio table, I guess you'd call it. And I sit there and have, you know, I'll do my studying. And there's these flowers that are in the flower bed right to my left. And I sit there in amazement and watch these little creatures called hummingbirds come flying in. And I'll tell you what, what an amazing God we serve that has created such a creature as this. They never cease to amaze me. And the other day, I mean, these flowers that they love are out of control, and so I ripped them out. They've got more around the yard, so I ripped these flowers out. I've got designs for this. And today, I sat there, and man, I felt just terrible. I get my coffee, I get my Bible open, I start to read, and I'm, I'm getting geared up for Sunday morning, and in comes the hummingbirds. And then things, about seven or eight of them, just hovered around looking for their flowers. And one of them had the audacity to work his way over and stare me in the eye and look at me. And as bad as I felt, I just said, over there. It didn't take them long. They found the other flowers. They'll be okay. But God's creation is just amazing. We got a day this last week. We took a day off and went over to the coast. And man, to me, that is my favorite place on the planet is anywhere near the water. And when you watch the waves crashing and you just, there's no way that you cannot acknowledge the greatness of the God that we serve. When you travel up this Highway 198 and you go up into the giant sequoias and you stand there and even though the world tells you they've evolved over billions of years, who knows, that tree may have been your uncle. No, never mind. But when you look at the greatness of all of that, there's no way I cannot stand there and say, what a great God we serve. What a great God we serve. Listen to the psalmist in Psalms 8, verse 1. He says, O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory above the heavens. Out of the mouths of babes and infants you have established strength because of your foes to still the enemy and the avenger. And then in verse 3 he says, When I look at at your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, what is man? that you are mindful of him, and the son of man, that you care for him. The psalmist tells us that God's greatness is evident in creation. That when you look at the stars and the sun and the moon and all that God has created, there is no way that we can come away with that and not realize just how great and powerful our God is. That this God that we serve existed before anything you and I see that he stepped out from heaven. Great God. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. Another passage that I love in Psalms, again, tells us that God's greatness is evident in creation is over in Psalms 139. Listen to what he says. He says, for you formed my inward parts. You ever think about your bodies and how we are put together? I mean, what an amazing God that we serve. I mentioned earlier that I'm the one with the camera. I love photography. You realize there is not a camera that can do near as well as the human eye. That, man, technology boasts these cameras that have better capabilities and low light conditions. In other words, you can walk into a dark room and take them. But our human eye does far better than them. It is amazing what God has created in us. 
and our, our bodily organs, the, the, the way they function, our lungs, the way they breathe, our heart, the way that it flow, causes the blood to flow through us. What an amazing God we serve. He says, you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. Wonderful are your works, he says. And by the way, the word there used for wonderful is a very close word to the Hebrew word for unsearchable. Where we just said, how unsearchable is God's greatness. He says, wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of your earth. Your eyes saw my unformed substance. In your book were written every one of them, the days that were formed for me, when as yet there was none of them. And if you missed it, he is describing us being formed in our mother's wombs. What a great God that we serve. There have been some amazing things that I have seen during my lifetime, but I don't think any of them comes even close to... Man, this, and so many emotions flood us when you see that. There's this fear, like, what am I going to do with this? And then there's this amazement, God, trust me with this? But beyond that, it's just this understanding of, God created life. He he shaped us and He formed us and, and He made us. God's creation reveals His greatness. And thirdly, His greatness assures our victory in this life. How many of you like to win? I love to win. That's why I'm a San Francisco Giants fan, Sister Bullard. That's why I'm a San Francisco 49er fan. Because I like to win, right? But we all like to win. Nobody wants to lose. And God's greatness assures our victory. Listen to 1 John 4 and verse 4. He says, little children, you are from God and have overcome them. For he who is in you is what? Greater than he who is in this world. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. And this great God that we serve is inside of us as his children. And therefore, he says, we have overcome them. Because this great God dwells within us. Don't you love the fact that John addresses us and he says, little children? Man, he he just brings it down and he says, hey, like you're all grown up. Stop trying to act. You don't need God anymore. Stop acting like you've got it all together because you and I know that we don't. He says, little children, you're from God. You belong to Him. And you've overcome this world because greater is He that is in you than He that is in the world. 1 Peter 5 and 8 says this. When we understand that there's a struggle, he tells us in the John passage, but we've assured victory. Listen to the struggle. Be sober-minded. Be watchful. Because your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. That's the flip side of that. The promise is that, hey, greater is he that is in me than he is in the world. But make no mistake, there is an enemy out in this world. 
And he says, our enemy is like a roaring lion that walks about prowling, seeking to devour us. But great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. His greatness assures our victory. In John 10, verses 10 and 11, he says this, The thief comes only to steal and kill and to destroy. That's the enemy. That's the roaring lion. That's Satan. That's what the enemy wants to do to us. The thief comes only to steal and kill and to destroy. He says, but I have come that you may have life and that you may have it abundantly. I'm the good shepherd, and the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. I think you could say he's the great shepherd. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. And then John 5 and 4. He says, for everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world? Except that he, except that one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. And so this morning, listen, whatever struggle you're going through, whatever trial you're facing, whatever difficulty that, that is in the days and weeks and years ahead, Great is the Lord, and greatly to be praised. And this great God is our God, and He dwells within us. His greatness assures our victory. Lastly this morning, His greatness is beyond compare. His greatness is beyond compare. John 15 says this in verse 12, This is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. That's the thrust of God's command to us. Love one another. And then in verse 13, he says this, greater love has no one than this, than someone lay down his life for his friends. Great is the Lord, and greatly to be praised. And we praise him because of this great love that he has for us. It's beyond compare. He says, greater love has no one than this, that a man lay down his life for his friend. When you talk about comparisons, his greatness is beyond comparison. And I just thought of some things as I prepared this message, but there are many more. It could just go on and on. But I'm thankful that his grace is greater than my struggles. Aren't you? Because he never promised that we would not face the struggles. But he said, my grace is sufficient for you. And I'm so glad that his grace is greater than my struggles. That whatever I face tomorrow, his grace will carry me through. And I'm thankful that his love is greater than my sins. That even though we've messed up, even though we have done wrong, even though we've done things that are contrary to God's word, his love is greater than all of that. That when Jesus came, he didn't come and die for good people. He didn't come and die for Christian people. He didn't come and die for a sinless people. The Bible says, God, and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. He didn't die for his sins. He died for our sins. And I'm so glad that we serve a God whose love is greater than our sins. 
Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. We can praise Him also because His strength is greater than our weaknesses. That even though I have my weaknesses and we all have our weaknesses, God's strength is far greater. And that whatever it is that that I'm struggling with, and I may not think that I have the strength to carry on, I can always turn to this God who is greater than any other and say, God, I need you to give me the strength to carry on. And he will reach down, and he will pick me up, and he will carry me through the most difficult times of life. That there are things that maybe in the past we'd looked at and we'd say, I could never do that. I could never go through that. I could never survive this experience. And yet we know, don't we, that God's strength is greater than our weaknesses. Paul said, when I am weak, I'm strong. That at my weakest points, that's when my strength is made the greatest. Christ comes in and does His work in my life. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. And we can praise Him because His power is greater than our challenges. If you're not being challenged, hold on, you will be soon. But His power is greater than that. And His hope is greater than my despair. Let's be honest. There are times when we find ourselves in despair, aren't there? There's times when when we think this is never going to happen. And it might be that we're to be saved and have it's just not going to happen. Or we through in life and we just say, just destined to be right where I'm at. It's going to change. And even though we pray and even though we say we believe God, we find ourselves in despair. We lose hope. But God's hope is greater than our despair. And he steps in even when we have lost all hope. And he says, remember me? Remember great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. God is great. The first part of that psalm, he just says, great is the Lord. But as we close, let me just challenge you this. The second part, he not only says, great is the Lord, but he says, and he is greatly to be praised. This is the thought, and it won't take me long to finish here. This is the thought that I just kept running through my mind is, if we serve a great God, He deserves great praise, doesn't He? And I wonder sometimes if we offer up mediocre praise to God, which indicates to the world around us our God is mediocre. Or if we just offer up a little hallelujah, our God deserves far more than that. If he truly is a great God, then he deserves greatly to be praised. If he truly is a great God, then he deserves for us to walk in this building and look at the words on the wall and sing them as loud as we possibly can. If he really is a great God, then he deserves us to give him our very best. If he really is a great God, he deserves more than just Sundays, doesn't he? He deserves that we praise Him not just one day a week for one hour a week, but that seven days a week we are exalting His name and we are lifting Him up and we are speaking of His salvation and we are telling everyone around us how great is our God. But we hold back sometimes, don't we? 
And I guess the challenge is this. Let's stop holding back. And we serve a great God. Let's praise Him greatly. Let's get rid of the inhibitions and, man, shout hallelujah. Shout amen. Clap your hands. Sing and quit worrying about how you sound. Tell your neighbor what God has done for you, regardless of how you think they may or may not respond. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. How do we praise Him? Man, we sing, we play instruments, we speak with our mouths, we clap, we celebrate, we live for God. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. Let's stand. Dear Lord, we thank you so much for this day. We thank you, Father, for all that you do for us. God, you indeed are a great God. You are greater than all the gods, the small g gods that this world has ever presented and come up with. You are the creator of the universe. You're the sustainer of our lives. You're our savior. You're our hope. You're our strength. You're our power. You're our shield. God, you are our everything. Without you, we are lost. We're miserable. We're hopeless. God, you are great, and you are to be praised greatly.